Good afternoon and welcome to Sherburn Voices podcast. This is episode number 11 for Wednesday the 28th of July 2021. My name's Sue Hill and I've got a packed show for you today. Again, as people begin to learn about us, we're getting more items sent in. So the shows are becoming a little bit longer sometimes. Today I have interviews with Paul Burbeck of Sherborne Walks about the Tourist Information Centre or the loss of the Tourist Information Centre and the impact it's having. We have a number of what's-ons, including a piece sent in by John Vallander, the organiser of the music festival at the Grange at Oborn. We have more road closure announcements and a job vacancy. And I tell you a little bit about how to record an audio message to send into the podcast. Let's start with some public announcements. Now we have to give a big congratulations to Vineyard's Wine Shop in Sherborne because they've made it into Harper's Wine's top 50 best indie wine merchants in the UK again this year. Last year was their first time and they were awarded highest new entry to the list at 19. They'll find out in September what place they reach this year. But well done. Getting into the top 50 is pretty good going. Oh dear, some more road closures. I'm seeing on social media a lot of people complaining about them. Now from the 2nd of August... There'll be road closures on Lenthay Road in Sherborne. It says from for approximately 930 metres from its junction with the A352 and a temporary road closure on Blackberry Lane for approximately 430 metres from its junction with Bristol Road and Coombe. And there'll be clearway and parking suspensions as indicated by signs on the site to prevent waiting or parking on the highway along the above roads. So it's going to be from the 2nd of August between 7 in the morning and 5 in the evening and it'll remain in force for five days but they expect the work to be completed by the 6th of August. And there's another road closure in St Mary's Road, Ridgeway and Westbridge Park in Sherborne and this one comes into operation on the 30th of July which is Friday, again between 7 in the morning and 5 in the evening, and it remains in force for five days, with the expectation that the work will be completed by the 5th of August. Temporary road closure on St Mary's Road for approximately 430 metres from its junction with St Catherine's Crescent and Ridgeway. Temporary road closure on Ridgeway for approximately 750 metres from its junction with the A352 and Westbridge Park. Uh, Temporary road closure on Westbridge Park for approximately 250 metres from its junctions with Ridgeway and Lenthay Road. And there will be clearway and parking suspensions put in place along there as in the other road closure notification. There will also be a temporary speed restriction of 10 miles an hour within the working area. Yetminster Health Centre is recruiting. They're looking for a part-time medical receptionist for 24 hours a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays between 7.45 in the morning and 6.30 in the evening to support 
their close-knit, very busy team. Now, looking for a good team player and a people person with strong IT and organisational skills who can deal with the day-to-day stresses of a busy but friendly GP surgery and have an excellent ability to multitask. Flexibility to cover holidays and sickness is essential, it says in bold type. The closing date is this coming Sunday, the 1st of August, and they want a CV, which they (laughs) suggest is... This is from Facebook and it's got email address hidden. So I think you might have to pop along there or look them up in the phone book for Yetminster Health Centre. It's in Church Street, DT96LG. But anyway, they're looking for a CV to apply. I had to take my cat to the vet the other day and when I was there, there were two dogs, one suffering from heat exhaustion and one suffering from burnt paws from being out taken on walks in the very hot weather we've had. So just give a thought to whether you really need to take your dogs out for a walk when it's very hot. I'm told that the temperature on tarmac or pavements, and I can't remember which, is 55 degrees and the temperature on sand, for example, is 47 degrees. Now, if you've ever walked barefoot on hot sand on holiday, you'll know how uncomfortable that is. So just imagine about another 10 degrees hotter. So give a little thought to your poor dogs. The other day, I had a conversation with Paul Burbeck of Sherborne Walks, the historical tours round Sherborne that I've told you about before. And we were talking about the loss of the Tourist Information Centre, and I was talking about volunteer ambassadors. But Paul raised an area that is just as important as having someone to tell visitors about the town. And so he sent me a message later on. So have a listen. Good afternoon. Paul Burbeck speaking. I was asked if I would just talk about Sherborne Walks and how we have dealing with the closure of uh, the Tourist Information Centre, which uh, happened earlier this year. I suppose the best place to start is to just explain who Sherborne Walks are. Many people might have seen us walking around the town. There's, there's three blue badge guides who will lead groups of people who've pre-booked to, to go off and look at a theme of buildings or activities that happen around the town. It, it's not really a, a tour where you simply say this is a this is a, such and such a building and this is the history of it. That's I mean, say anybody can basically find that out. Although obviously we do give that type of information uh, to visitors who are not familiar with the town. But it's more to do with trying to create an atmosphere and a story about whichever theme we're talking about to try and bring people an appreciation of how different aspects of uh, Sherborne actually work. So, for example, we may be talking, if we were talking about education, we'd be talking about the origins of uh, the monastery and how the monks would have introduced uh, education and early religious teachings through up to their disillusionment in the 1430s. But after that, of course, you then get the creation of Sherborne School, which has an absolutely fascinating history, which impinges in many aspects of of town life, whether that be to do with culture and arts or whether it's to do with just, just the history of the development of the town and employment in the town. 
And of course, you can't just stop at one school because there's been a whole tradition of schools, which uh, many people in the town will be familiar with. And a lot of a lot of young people I meet, um, or people I meet, actually say, "Oh, can you tell us about the Digby School? Where was the the, the Digby School?" Well, of course, that's that was a very important feature for many of our of our residents alive today. And then, of course, you've got the Griffin and the Girls School, Lewiston, and just a whole set of traditions of schools and stories associated with them. That would be one example of just running a theme through. So Sherbourne Walks is more about blue badge guides and blue badge guides are simply guides who are trained and are nationally recognised by the National Tourist Association to lead international groups and also cruise liners and any, anybody of that type. We often take coach journeys around southwest England Julia Morris and myself, who both are members of Sherbourne Walks, are often leading away in um, my case in, in Dorset or in Somerset. Uh, Julia goes right across into southeast England and she will, she will range anywhere from Cornwall to, to the White Cliffs at Dover with her knowledge and expertise. The, the Sherbourne Walks itself was started by Cindy Chant, um, who many people in the town know, and Cindy's lived in the town for over 50 years, so she, she knows it extremely well and has made it her life's mission almost to, to, to talk about the stories that she's aware of in the town. You only have to look at the reviews that we generally get to, to appreciate that our, t- our talks and tours are greatly appreciated by the vast majority of people who engage with us. So, of course, the other question was the impact of the closure of the tick. Well, the TIC, the Tourist Information Centre, was one of the last three employed centres of tourist information in the county of Dorset. And it was closed in, in uh, actually closed finally in July this year. And it has had a major impact of, upon Sherbourne Walks, in addition, of course, to the limitations caused by the pandemic in the last uh, 18 months, during which time trade has gone from zero through to small groups getting the confidence to come back in and want to go around the town. But generally speaking, the tick would have been one of the major centres for Sherbourne Walks as a gathering place for visitors into the town. They would naturally gravitate to the tick and all the signposts say, there's the TIC that way. And the impact of it has been absolutely dramatic because whereas before we would have advertised, our posters would have been on the front window, um, people would have known that one of the guides was available how to contact us and that has just completely vanished so we now have to rely upon uh, social media or website and we have tried various poster campaigns but it's uh, as I say the combination of various pressures on people mean that uh, trade has been very very limited this year but I know that's true of all of the tourist uh, attractions in the town uh, whether it be the castle um, or or the abbey we've all experienced in the same type of pressure. So the tick, yes, a severe loss, not just to us. There are many organisations and groups of people from Sherbourne who used the tick uh, as a place where they could meet, where they could get information, where they could make bookings. And we feel very sorry for the, for the colleagues who gave us such good support over the, over the years.
My personal view is I think that's very short-sighted. I, I did respond to the council's request for consultation, and uh, as, as did Cindy and other Sherborne Walks guides, and we, we were uh, all in one voice to say that this was a bad decision, simply because there is no natural focus in the town anymore, and that has and will have a major impact unless we resolve that issue. So the TIC, the tick a very sad loss to, to Sherbourne's economy. As to the future and what do I think could happen, well, I was down in Blanford Forum leading a group in early June and I went into what is ostensibly a, a tourist office down there, which is by the car park to the south of the town centre, and people were working out of it. And I went in and asked them, how are they? How is it organised? And it's interesting that the answer that came, you've got the town council supporting the, the, the building and some of the running costs through grants, I assume, you then had volunteers who were working on the, the information sections and also guiding people and, and giving them information about where they could find things around the town. But most in, interestingly to me was the, the way in which they had used local businesses who might have been artisans, potters, painters, musicians, and those people were selling their products in the building and we're getting the souvenir market captured in that particular moment when people will go in and collect information and and in a sense I, I don't see why that could not be replicated with the, the appropriate coordination within the town because if unless we get something like that I, I can't see that tourists are going to do anything more than come in feel lost with a confused signposting system now and just think well where do we go if we want to, to see and understand the town it'll just be hit and miss so my personal feeling is that I think the town council should take the lead on this i know they there is a, a view that that from the the new mayor that she wants to work with groups and they to be fair they have set up a tourist forum which uh, I've, I've engaged with but again like everything else everything is slow and people are arriving today tomorrow and they're looking for staycations they're looking for information and i think we all lose out all the businesses lose out whether it be the restaurants the cafes the shops in general simply because people just wander around aimlessly and think oh well we don't understand what's here yes we've we've had a look at sherborne and and off they go again on onto their next destination so I think guides can offer a lot of coordination and unity to lots of businesses. And, and I think that's one of the um, aims of Sherborne Walks, is that we do try to work with local businesses in, in harmony to promote visitors into the town. So we have very good relationship with uh, Sherborne Castle and the Castle Estates, for example. We have, we have very good relationships with the local market traders and people who all organise local businesses, uh, some of whom, like the Cross Keys, actually help sponsor us and, and, and uh, offer discounts for people who will prove they've, they've been on a Sherborne walk with us. I think things like that, working together, is the only way forward. And the, the, the question without having a tick there is, is that possible to recreate? Well, my personal view is I hope that we can 
come up with some solution very quickly. We'd be more than happy with Sherborne Walks to be involved in helping develop whatever it is that is deemed as appropriate by the groups in the town. And we very much hope that together we can start to help the town grow again and recover from such a difficult uh, 18 months that we've all experienced. So some interesting thoughts there from Paul Burbeck of Sherborne Walks telling us about his thoughts about the loss of the Tourist Information Centre. What are your views about it? Do you think we could do something similar in Sherborne that Blandford Forum has done? I always think we do an awful lot of reinventing the wheel in this country. Well, probably everywhere. And if it's working in Blandford Forum, perhaps it would work here in Sherborne. I recognise, and I'm sure Paul does as well, that not much can be done this summer. But perhaps if people in the town, artisans, artists, etc., could work together to provide a centre for tourist information, that would be a good idea. But tell us what you think. Send us a message to sue at sherbournevoicespodcast.com And if you don't know how to send a voice message, keep listening, and I'll tell you how to do it later on in this episode. But if you just want to send an email with your thoughts, that's fine. I or someone else will read it out. But we would love to have your opinions on this. Let's do a few what's on items. Paul also sent me, uh, separately, a piece that I'm going to play now, which is all about the August tours that Sherbourne Walks are offering. Good afternoon, everybody. Paul Burbeck from Sherborne Walk speaking. Just an update on our August programmes for people who are interested in having guided tours. Starting on Thursday the 5th and repeating every Thursday during August at 2.30 in the afternoon, Cindy Chant will be leading a historic town tour, which takes about an hour and a half, two hours. Cindy has a reputation for being very entertaining, very engaging, and she'll certainly help people understand the key features of the town and and tell you a few strange stories en route. There's no booking required, just turn up and it will be £10 per person. In addition to that, Cindy is also leading three special walks this summer. They are the Hidden Secrets of Sherborne School, which is a very unusual opportunity for the members of the public to get inside the school, accompanied by one of the custodians, that's one of the uh, security people of the school, which is a very rare uh, opportunity, simply because there are no international students in because of the pandemic this year. So we've been able to negotiate a number of tours, and the first three that have been done have been extremely well received and been very, very popular. Popular. Cindy will lead these walks again at uh, 2.30 in the afternoon and people meet outside the school entrance and they would take place on Friday the 6th at 2.30, the 13th at 2.30 and Friday the 20th at 2.30. All places are limited on those walks uh, to six, uh, maybe seven people if it's just an odd one that needs to go. With the relaxation of lockdown, that's been slightly um, eased. But there are people booked on already. So if you want to get on those walks and get your opportunity, then really you need to go onto the website at SherbourneWalks.com and book your places and and all the details are, are actually on there. So we look forward to seeing you sometime during August and hope you all have a lovely, safe summer. Thank you very much.
Thanks for that, Paul. As I think I told you, I've already been on one of their walks and it was great. I learned so much and I've booked up for another three that are coming up over the next couple of months. And of course, you can join in even if you're a resident rather than a visitor. There's always something to learn. Last night, I saw an advert for a series of TV films that I love. I've got them on DVD. I've watched them I don't know how many times. And I just thought I'd share it with you because there's not much else on the television apart from sport at the moment, is there? So these are the Jesse Stone mysteries. I star Tom Selleck and various other faces I'm sure you'll recognise. And there are nine of them. And they start on Friday the 6th of August at 9pm on 5 USA, which is on Freeview. So if you've got nothing better to do, have a look at them. Or you could record them and they're probably on My 5 Catch-Up as well. On the 1st of August, there'll be another of the concerts at the Grange at Oborn which is an initiative to get local musicians working again. On the 1st of August, it will be George Hewitt and Duo, and they're recent graduates from the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester, where I used to go and see shows all the time. And they'll be playing mainly popular soul, jazz, funk and pop classics. They will evoke lots of different emotions for the audience and provide a great hour of entertainment. You will remember that all the concerts are at 5pm and they last for just an hour. John Vallander, the organiser of the concerts, sent in this piece to give us a little bit of background. Hello Sue, this is John Vallander, a Sherbourne-based opera singer and producer of the Play On Festival at the Grange at Oborn. Last summer when Boris announced that we could have open air performances, I put on seven afternoons of entertainment with everything from Cuban jazz to string quartets to opera and everything in between. This summer we're going to do the same again. We opened two weeks ago and have had a couple of events but there's still five more weeks to go in our festival. This week we've got George who is a an RNCM trained pop singer. He is going to be singing funk and all sorts of brilliant music. And then we have two weeks of earlier music. We've got Faye Eldritt from Salisbury, who's going to be doing some Handel and Mozart with her husband, David Gostick, who's a wonderful harpsichordist. The following week, we've got Catherine Holt and Amy Whittlesey, who are being joined by Matthew, who is a Theorbo player. They're going to be doing very early music for all the way from medieval through Tudor and all sorts of really lovely music. And then then I'm doing an event with my very dear friend, and Cheryl Enever. We're going to be singing some arias and duets from the greats, from Verdi and Bellini, and even a little bit of Wagner in there to add to our Sunday afternoon. And finally, we have my very dear friend Miranda Helt, who is the jazz singer in residence at the Ritz, and she's coming to do a special event to close the festival. So each event is just £10 to join us and they're in the garden. We hope for good weather. This year we are able to bring it inside if there is a deluge, but we infinitely hope for good weather, but don't we all? The tickets are available from myself. Just email me, John Valender, that's J-O-N-V-A-L-E-N-D-E-R at gmail.com or the Play On Festival has a Facebook page where you can contact me directly there. As I said, tickets are just 10 
£10. We encourage people to bring their own chairs and um, the bar is always open. So uh, come along for a lovely Sunday afternoon, an hour's worth of music, um, getting live music playing again. And um, it's a very nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Anyway, it would be lovely to see lots of people. See you soon. Bye now. John Vallander there, the organiser of the Play On Music Festival at the Grange at Oborn, telling us a bit about it. Thank you for that, John. There are pop-up Play Village UK summer sessions coming to North Dorset and to Melbourne Port Village Hall specifically on Tuesday the 10th of August and Tuesday the 24th of August between 10.30 and 11.45 in the morning. These are imaginative role-play sessions for children under eight and that role-play entertainment includes challenges, picture hunt, craft activity, and there's a cafe serving hot and cold drinks and snacks. So you need to book your tickets at https colon two forward slashes bookwhen.com forward slash North Dorset. And remember that the contact details are always put on the Sherborne Voices podcast website for ease of access. There's going to be a tea in the garden at the Old Rectory Stock Gaylard on Saturday the 7th of August from 2 to 5pm with fabulous teas and various stalls. Admission, including tea, is £5 and children are £1. And it's in aid of the Parish Churchyard Fund, St Thomas a Becket, Lidlinch. Now, did you know that there was a cycle group in Sherbourne? It meets every Thursday at six o'clock at Culverhays Car Park and the ride usually lasts about an hour and at a relaxed pace. Oh, that sounds good. Newcomers and beginners are welcome and for details contact Peter Henshaw on 01935 389 357 or you can email sure as in S-H-E-R at dcn.org.uk. I'm hoping to be able to speak to Peter and find out more about them. But there you are. If you've got a bike and you're raring to go, you can go along tomorrow evening at Culver Hayes Car Park in Sherbourne. And if you're missing singing, every Tuesday and Thursday at 11am, you can join Rachel and Cheryl and enjoy an old-fashioned sing-along with the Goldie's Fun Sessions. All the favourite songs with on-screen words. It's free on YouTube and Facebook and you can watch sessions at any time. For more information, visit www.goldieslive.com. I think it's a national company, but if you're getting to the point where you can't wait any longer, have a bit of a sing-song, it's an option and it's free. The other day I was talking to my good friend John Shearing, who's a regular listener to the podcast, but he's also a presenter on Abbey 104, Sherbourne's community radio station. He does a cracking show on Monday afternoon between two and four called The Unlimited Music Show and a classic rock show on a Friday evening from six till seven. So if you're fans of rock music but also a complete mixture on the monday show do tune in to abbey 104 on 104.7 fm and you can get it online on www.abbey104.com now the reason i mentioned john is because he said to me perhaps i should do a, a technology corner to encourage people to contribute items to the podcast well i'm not really 
that technologically minded myself, but I thought it was a very good idea if I just mention how easy it is to record an item for the podcast that you can then email to me. So first of all, have a look at your phone, your mobile phone, and see if it has voice memos. You may have hidden it because you didn't use it. But in fact, it's a really useful tool on a phone because you can record a message when you think to yourself, I must remember to do such and such. You just need to make a voice memo. Then, of course, you do have to remember to listen to it again. But that's another issue. So if you've got voice memos on your phone, all you need to do is press the record button and speak. Provided that you hold the phone as close to you as you would if it was a microphone, then the quality should be pretty good. Once you've recorded it, you can play it back, see if you're happy with it, make adjustments if you want to, re-record it, and then you can email it to me on sue at sherbornevoicespodcast.com. So I'll tell you other ways of recording items for the podcast in future episodes. I hope that's helpful. As I always say, this is Sherborne Voices plural podcast, so I would love to hear from people. If you've got a, a story that you think could be of interest to people living and working in Sherborne and the surrounding villages, let us know. If you've got a job vacancy, if you've got an event coming up, if you've got some kind of update for your business or your organisation or your charity, then just do the same. Send us a little message and we will add it as soon as we can. That's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed our items. I'm still looking for contributors for health items, health and well-being items. So if you are involved in that industry, do get in touch. All inquiries about items to sue at sherbornevoicespodcast.com. My thanks to Paul Burbeck for his contributions and to John Vallander for telling us about the music festival at the Grange at Oborn. Next week, we'll have Libby talking about yoga and the benefits you can get from yoga. And I'm going to tell you about the benefits I found on following Mr. Motivator's 12-minute fitness sessions on YouTube. Plus all the usual stuff. So for now, this is Sue Hill signing off from Sherborne Voices podcast for another week. I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. So till then, thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe and be nice to each other.